the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Rob Black and your money. And now, here's Rob Black. Welcome in to Rob Black and Your Money, the podcast, talking all things financial. It's been an interesting week for podcasts as I've slightly changed my format. Trust me, I'm going to go back to the day-to-day action when the day-to-day action really calls for it. Right now, it, I just don't see that. Uh, with that said, I'm going to throw some ideas at you today, and hopefully uh, you like them, or hopefully you get something out of them, if you know what I'm saying. With that said, uh, oil. There was an article today in kind of a WikiLeaks manner that oil is going to become problematic, that Saudi Arabia has overestimated their proven reserves, that peak oil is going to hit sooner rather than later. And I want to go over some content here. And again, this is uh, all about oil. So if this ain't you, go elsewhere. 2010 was really the year of recovery for global oil markets. And 2011 is going to mark the resumption of the multi-year crude oil upcycle as global economic growth gains momentum. We know there's only so much oil in the world. They're not making more of it. By the latter part of the year of 2011 and into 2012, supply constraints could start to increase as inventories tighten, thereby leading to constructive environment, ultimately for oil prices to move higher. Since the mid-2000s, supply and demand fundamental data supports higher prices. Now that long-term view remains well entrenched today. My focus here is on the trend. Barring a global economic reversal, that trend over the medium to long term remains higher. Now, again, we can all go into petty party, economy's never going to go anywhere again. Uh, talk worldwide, recessions, depressions, oppressions. I'm not going there. It's not my angle. It's not my thing. OPEC's going to have to serve multiple ambitions. Maintaining the balance between economic prosperity and per-barrel revenue maximization. The cartel, also known as you know, the oil, oil petroleum exporting countries, their spare capacity is at the highest point since 2002. So they've got capacity. They don't want to use it because they're controlling the price of oil. Developing economies of Asia and Latin America are going to remain the world's growth drivers, both in terms of economic activity and oil consumption growth while North America and Europe are going to continue to recover. This level of economic activity globally should translate into rising oil demand, thereby tightening spare capacity. The outlook on non-OPEC supply is roughly unchanged from the prior year. If demand serves to tighten OPEC spare capacity, the difference is unlikely to be made up in non-OPEC producing areas. So oil prices are likely to move in a wide range, fluctuating between $80 and $100 per barrel. Depending on supply data and demand trends, averaging around 90 per barrel. 
but higher prices are constructed for the energy sector. So the high beta groups included oil-filled services, oil-leveraged explorations and producers, select refineries and over-gas-leveraged ENPs, as well as the major integrateds. The risks increase in the second half of the year if the world recovery fails or falters or China's growth-tempering policies slow down their economy too much. Stronger dollar will remain a risk given oil's adherence to fluctuations in the greenback. That's a lot of the basics here, okay? So the great financial crisis a couple of years ago served as an interruption to a multi-year upcycle in crude oil. And despite the economic slowdown, oil prices ended 2010 at just about $91 per barrel. That's the highest level in two years. The oil market's really come a long way from the mid $40 barrel low in 2008 to get back to where it should be, in my opinion. During this recent period, oil prices stood ultimately as a view on geopolitics, as currency plays, as investor risk appetite, as financial demand, as liquidity. It rarely just stood purely on, damn it, the world economy is growing. We have a finite resource on some level. Oil's become a function of the market's mood. Are we moving higher or lower? The root of the long-term upcycle, it's not going to be the dollar or buying interest. It's going to be the economics of supply and demand. So coming out of the crisis, the next big phase of price appreciation is going to be demand-driven. In the fourth quarter of last year, oil prices gained about 15-plus percent. A constructive view on oil prices is not coincidental with a broad-sweeping bullish call on the energy sector as a whole. I think opportunities show themselves. Super majors and large integrated companies fight to replace reserves of equal quality. That's brutal. And try to grow production. There'll be asset sales. There'll be foreign nations. All in the play here. Cost, inflation, reserve growth are underscoring heightened merger and acquisition activity. A trend that's going to continue. So what do you look for as far as the investment angles? What do you look for as far as the economics of oil? Developing economies of Asia and Latin America and remain the world's drivers, that's for sure. U.S., U.K., Europe will eventually recover to pre-crisis levels. Entrance to the great financial crisis was simultaneous for a lot of countries, and the rate of recovery is going to be different speeds. You know, one of the biggest issues here on the price of oil is the possibility of a stronger, sustained recovery in the United States, particularly in the United States, which would potentially drive the dollar higher and weaken the fundamentals of the, the currency play on oil. Real GDP growth outlook for the world. 2010, according to the IMF, is about 5%. According to OPEC, about 3.9%. For 2012, for the world, it's about 4.5%. According to the IMF, about 3.7% for OPEC. So there's a discount here. The level of economic activity will translate into rising global oil demand. Oil prices likely to move in a wide range. For the short term, between 80 and 100, we'll stick right around 90. So rising oil prices push gas prices towards the $4 gallon market, the pump. You'll see some you know, untoward events for the consumers. Will $4 gallon 
make the economic recoveries unsustainable? Will sovereign debt crisis reignite? Will heightened inflation emerging in developed markets uh, be problematic? So upside price risks you know, are, are certainly there. So, and we know the downside price risks. I just mentioned them. Upside would be the uh, dollar weakens, economies recover, resumptions, consumer demand, weather-related supply disruptions tied towards the Gulf of Mexico or elsewhere. You know, I'm not even get into the politics of oil, even though I could. Well, I'll hit basics of it. You know, the Arab world has a lot of people who have a lot of economic hardship and oppression, and very few political freedoms. And you've got a youth there that knows that oil is the world's blood. So history will deem, you know, whether genuine change comes from regional powers in Egypt and, and Jordan. So Algeria was recently included in OPEC, and they've got some political risk for sure. A lot of oil produced production flows through the Suez Canal via Egypt. So we're here. I mean, oil is a play. And the United States is a play on oil. Uh, we consume it. The U.S. has recovered from the depths of our reception of our recession and sending oil into the mid-18 million barrels per day level in 2009, a level not seen since 1998. It took five quarters until the end of second quarter 2010 for demand yet again to pierce that 19 million barrels per day level. So our collapse really pulled oil out of the world markets as far as demand goes. China's becoming one of the biggest consumers of oil. They're at about 10 million barrels per day right now and climbing. China's now moving to you know, more products, construction products, uh, more construction phases. They're moving deeper into construction uh, they're becoming the world's second largest crude importer. In 2009, they became that. And those numbers are only going to grow. So uh, inventory management. 2008, we saw the collapse of oil prices and shipping rates caused a dramatic increase in the floating storage. There's a huge contango market, which I highly recommend people to Wikipedia contango, C-O-N-T-A-N-G-O, and uh, start understanding what the hell's going on there. In the United States, crude oil stocks are forecast to remain at the high end of their historical range throughout the year. Um, but we're starting to we'll, we'll start eating them away a little bit by the end of 2011. OPEC really remains supreme over prices in the short term. Greatest risk is rapid appreciation that could forestall a global economic recovery. They don't really want that. So timing is everything. OPEC is going to have enough time with the spigot to have some forethought in how to play oil prices. Next big schedule for OPEC meetings is June. If prices rise too quickly before then, speculation will increase for an intermediate supply increase. Saudi Arabian oil minister Ali al-Nami, he recently uh, set the groundwork for higher output. In January uh, last month, he stated that Saudi Arabia is going to have 4 million barrels per day of spare production capacity. Four million is not a lot. So, you know, some of the non-OPEC players as far as production, uh, the Russian Federation, United States has a, a play on oil for sure here. Canada as well. Mexico, Venezuela, Kuwait, United Arab Emirates. 
then you start adding up like the rest of the world. So there's there's other countries out there that supply oil. There's a little bit of a change in, of the guard, so to speak, expected to take place over the over the long term. You're starting to see some mature provinces in the North Sea and Canada and Mexico starting to their oil fields maturing. And yet you see some some youth in the Brazil, US, China, Kazakhstan, a couple areas of Canada having some youth oil supplies starting to to be found and and freshening up the the oil capacity. I think the bottom line here is non-OPEC oil supply is roughly unchanged year over year, but demand serves to tighten OPEC spare capacity. Then the non-OPEC producing areas will unlikely be able to make up for it. They just don't have the volume. So that's my little chit-chat for you on oil today. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. I think uh, 2012 through the next 10 years, a long period of time for your investing horizon. Uh, supply demand will work well for oil investors. I want you to do homework. I want you to feel comfortable in the sector. I want you to understand who the players are. And again, if you don't know who they are, uh, start educating yourself. Don't count on me to do it. Uh, Google oil services stocks. Google oil leveraged explorers and producers, Google refiners, Google super majors, Google major uh, integrated majors. You, you got to do as much work as you can on this. And again, don't completely count on me. Um, I think the global reversal in the economies, again, it's going to be a big play. So the spare capacity in, in OPEC It'll be sucked up from China and the growing demand worldwide. About a year, year and a half, two years. So that looks like about the math on it. So integrated oils, high beta groups like oil field services. Uh, there's a lot of money. Your portfolio should have some exposure to oil. Thanks for listening today. It's Rob Black and your money. Talking all things financial. Take care. Talk to you soon. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.